If Jesus would have lived in North Carolina or Virginia, I think he would have said, look at the leaves. Look how they turn from green to red to orange to gold, shimmering in the waning sunlight. Look how they dapple the countryside in quilted color. They don't sew or save or shop or obsess about the styles of the season. They just wave in the wind. And yet they are more breathtaking than anything sashaying down the runway in New York City. A few weeks ago, I was in my office furiously typing on my computer, anxious about all manner of things. But my concentration was shattered by laughter and shrieks of joy. As I turned around, I saw the scene that's on the front of your bulletin. Four-year-olds jumping and playing and running in the leaves in the churchyard, throwing leaves up in the air again and again, absolutely transfixed as they zigged and zagged down in the autumn breeze. I couldn't help but laugh and smile. What they were doing out there was contagious. A few days later, as I was rushing to get ready for a finance meeting, I heard voices behind me again. And I turned around to see Schuyler and Ranella prancing and jumping like little children in the leaves with their little children while Jessamine Rubio was taking pictures. And I laughed again. Of course, not at you, but I couldn't help but smile. And almost every day since, I've watched people I've never met as they've interrupted their walks down Main Street to look up at the trees in our front courtyard and take photos of their little dogs playing in them. And I have let myself be interrupted too. Two weeks ago, I reluctantly piled into a bus full of West Mainers to drive to Hanging Rock. I mean, I love to hike and I love the people of this church, but it had been a really long week and I just wanted to go home. But when we got to the top of that mountain, I heard those little kids who in moments ago had to be drug up the trail. One of them who said, I hate hiking and I hate the bus. That might have been my child. These same children said, wow, as they saw the tapestry of colors stretched out across the horizon. And I saw teenagers putting down their phones They'd already gotten their Instagram selfies and taking out their ear pods to sit silently in the glory of God's creation in that thin place where heaven and earth seem to be so close, if only for a moment. Because it really only takes a moment to be transformed. As Bruce Wilson might say, Jesus' advice about looking at birds and flowers or leaves is actually pretty practical. Maybe his words aren't just poetry. Maybe they aren't just a metaphor to ponder in our minds, but an invitation to get outside or at least get outside of ourselves and look and listen for God's abundance where it is all around us. 
to get our minds off our anxious worry about things that we can't change or can't change in that moment, to get stop our frenzied hands and to get our eyes off our screens. Yes, there's work that still needs to get done. No, the problems and challenges don't go away. Jewish men like Jesus would have been taught a trade by their fathers to prepare them to take care of themselves and their families. The idea would have been that if you didn't learn a trade, that you were learning how to steal. And so these words of Jesus wouldn't have been heard as a free pass not to work or not to plan for tomorrow. After all, if you watch the birds, they work really, really hard to build those nests and to feed their babies. But the difference is that birds don't worry. William Barclay writes, Jesus is not advocating for a shiftless, thriftless, reckless, thoughtless, improvident attitude to life. He is forbidding a careworn, worried fear which takes all the joy out of living. Anxious worry cannot add anything of value to our lives and it steals our joy. Jesus is telling us that we have to take a moment to look at the leaves or to listen to the geese that fly overhead in a V, or to play a game with our grandchildren. Jesus is saying that these seemingly frivolous distractions can get us out of our own heads, and the anxious spinning that happens there about things that probably won't happen, and even if they do happen, probably won't be near as catastrophic as we think they will be. And if we can't do this, we might just miss the God who is out there feeding the birds, and making the flowers bloom. If we can't do this, we might just miss God's gratuitous gifts of grace in this world, trampling over them, cursing as we mulch and bag them, and coughing on their smoke just like dried up leaves. The trees in front of the church are now black, naked branches. The lawn is bare. The leaves are gone. But there are other wonders all around us. I mean, did anybody see that moon last night? There are other wonders all around us. Look at the dark wood and scarlet fabric and light reflected through the stained glass windows. Look at the Good Shepherd looking down at us. Those saints 80 years ago who built this church could have built and designed something more practical and less expensive and easier for us to maintain. But they created a space of beauty. A space that evokes the memories of loved ones who sat in these pews and reminds us of moments on the journey that we have shared together in this place. They created a sacred space that lifts our eyes and our souls in awe to worship the God who has been faithful yesterday and today and will be faithful tomorrow. Wow. Thanks be to God. But there are other wonders all around us. Look at those people sitting around you. Now don't stare, that's not polite. But look around. See who's beside you and in front of you and behind you and maybe up in the balcony if you can see that far. Life in community is hard and people disappoint and hurt us. That is true 
in this church just like it is in any other relationship. But look at these people who have been your friends for decades. The people who you met all those years ago when you first got married. Those people who treated your children like their children. These people who showed up to be at the hospital with you or showed up at your house with a Pyrex dish or a box of Chick-fil-A or showed up at the graveside to give you a hug. Look at these people who've been in youth group with you since seventh grade. These people who have become your family at Averett. These people who listen to you at the dinner table after a long day at work. These people who don't yet know your story, but greeted you with excitement and compassion as you walked through this door for the first time. These people who have given themselves and their time and their talents and their treasure to nurture this family of faith and feed and clothe their neighbors year after year after year. Wow. Thanks be to God. Wherever else you go this week, God's wonders will be all around you there too. Look at your job. Look at your students. Look at your coworkers, your clients, your customers, your patients. Look at the skills you have been given and the important tasks you've been res- given responsibility over. Yes, I know your back aches and your head hurts. I know that not every part of your job or even the job itself is good or fulfilling all the time. But see the gift of a livelihood and a paycheck that supports you or your family. And if you can see it, not all of us can, See the gift of following your calling, of doing something meaningful, of making a difference in the lives of others. Wow. Thanks be to God. Look at your home. The colors you put on the wall, the pictures and the paintings you hung up, and the people that are in them. Look at your easy chair or the bed that you share, your space of solitude you retreat to, See the things that have happened here. Yes, the list of repairs never ends and the bills never stop. Yes, it's a little too quiet without him or without her or without the children being in the house anymore. But at the same time, feel its warmth. Feel its safety, its comfort. Feel the presence of Christ who always makes His home with you. Wow. Thanks be to God. Look at that table full of food tonight at Thanksgiving or at your Thanksgiving meal on Thursday or at your Friendsgiving meal that you're having this week. Look at God's grace made delectable through the wonders of soil, water, sunlight, labor, fire, and the infinite creativity of the human spirit. Look at the colors of sweet potatoes and cranberries and green beans and turkey and cornbread and pumpkin pie. I'm getting pretty hungry saying all this. Take a deep breath and smell the aroma. Savor the bites. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Look at those people around the table. The parents, the aunts, the uncles, the grandparents and the great-grandparents and the siblings. This might be the last Thanksgiving that you get to share with some of them. Be present. Be intentional. Ask granddaddy to say the prayer. Ask grandma to tell that old story again. Say, I love you. Look at those children and grandchildren and great grandchildren. 
They will never be six months old or six years old or 16 years old ever again. Don't miss the gift of this fleeting time with them. The gift of this short season in their lives. The ease in which you can hold them in your arms. The questions they are asking. The games they like to play. The weird music that they're into. Yes, I know that some of you have an empty seat at the table this year for the first time. That others of you, for others of you, Thanksgiving has never been the same since that other seat went empty, or those other seats stay empty year after year after year. Yes, I know family is hard. That grandma is going to ask you why you're not married yet. That Uncle Joe is going to start talking about politics, and the kids will drive you crazy. And I know that that. For some of you, this is no laughing matter that some of our families are so dysfunctional or abusive that these idyllic Thanksgiving scenes are a source of pain more than they are of joy. And I'm so sorry for that. But I pray that whoever you gather with or whoever that you miss, whatever you bounty you enjoy in your meal on Thursday or whenever you eat this week, that you will look around, that you will see the colors, that you will hear the sounds, that you will smell the smells, that you will feel the temperatures and the textures, that you will be present with yourself and your loved ones, that you will look around long enough to notice the God who feeds the sparrows, clothes the lilies of the fields, and paints every single leaf that falls from the trees. That you will look around long enough to find something that makes you say, wow, thanks be to God. Anxious worry can blind us to the colors of God's abundance in our lives, leaving our world monochromatic, winter brown and gray. But Jesus wants to help us see more. One of my favorite Texas country artists is Cody Jinks. And he sings, When the canvas is no longer blank, when the colors have all turned to gray, when the desert that you're in gets too cold for you to stay, when it's hard to tell the night from the day, when your hands have lost the love for the trade and the reasons for work just ain't the same, when you put down the money, is the blood worth all the pain? When you can't see the sunshine for the rain? Living ain't a promise, Living ain't a right, and no one here is getting out alive. So pick up all your pieces, cast the doubt away, rediscover the color in the gray. Rediscover all the color in the gray. The colors of God's goodness and grace are bursting forth from this gray, cold, brown, hard life like autumn leaves. May you see them and say, wow, and say, thanks be to God. Amen.